is up, podcast listeners, here for another episode of the Remote Local Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Parekh, here with my co-host, Johnny. What's going on, Johnny? What's going on, Neil? Super excited for this one. We got two of our good good pals in here to talk about an interesting topic. So, yeah. uh, you want to introduce them? Absolutely. So we, we met these guys on Twitter. We call ourselves the SoCal Boys because all of us actually met up when we first got started on the Twitter journey. But I have uh, we have with us here... Sergio Seleski, one of Johnny's partners. What's going on, Sergio? Going good, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. And we also have Chris Munn. What's going on, Chris? Yo, what's up, Neil? Johnny, Sergio, nice to be here, man. Squad is back. We got an exciting topic for today and a topic which we wanted to bring in Sergio and Chris for because it's pretty exciting. The topic is around moving active cash flow to passive cash flow and how you need to be thinking about this with business. Um, Chris, actually, I'm going to just leave it on you. Can you kind of summarize the topic and dumb it down for us about what that even means to begin with? And I'm going to have very pointed questions for you afterwards. Yeah, sure, man. So uh, the the idea of taking active money and moving it into passive money is nothing new. Um, Plenty and plenty of America's millionaires have gotten rich through real estate, which is the biggest form of passive income. And the reason people do it is because active income is just that you have to be active to be able to achieve it. And as you get older, um, the propensity for people to want to generate active income gets lower and lower. And then you get to your retirement age when you don't want to be active anymore in the workplace. So uh, you need something passive and real estate is kind of the gateway into doing that. And so what you'll find a lot of business owners, a lot of people who have a lot of cash flow will try to turn that turn that active cash flow into passive cash flow by buying assets like real estate, um, for example. So it's kind of the the 30 second overview of it. Perfect. Chris, would you mind telling everyone your background? And um, I'll kind of lay the foundation to Chris has a, a ton of different uh, business experience, but I think what he's done really well is explain to me the benefit of multifamily investing. And the way Chris explained it to me one time made me really, really think about the concept of passive investing and realize like, okay, this is what the wealthy dudes actually do. Uh, so Chris kind of turns his active business investments, which he does through acquisitions into passive investments. So Chris, if you wouldn't mind explaining your active businesses and then what you have been doing for passive, and then I'm going to dive into that more. Yeah, sure. So, as of today, I, I run a lower middle market uh, acquisition company called the Fairfield Company. We buy small biz, small and medium sized businesses, usually that earn between a million to five million dollars in cash flow or EBITDA. Uh, and the idea around that is that there's a lot of opportunity in the space today. There are a lot of small businesses who baby boomers own, their kids aren't necessarily going to inherit the businesses. So there's a lot of uh, small businesses out there that people are looking to sell and they're not a ton of buyers for. So those space is really picking up, is really heating up, it's becoming more popular. You'll probably see it on Twitter or a lot of business schools have it nowadays. And so currently we have two primary investments there. And then on the other side, I have two passive investments. I have two apartment buildings in Michigan, an eight-unit apartment building and a 22-unit apartment building that take far less time than my active businesses, but 
the investment is far higher than it is on my active businesses. So it takes more money to get in the game. Um, and that's just because it's it's passive. So more people want a piece of it and it's more stable, some more stable assets. So the idea of, of taking the active income and take, and moving it into passive is kind of summed up right there. At what point should people be moving active to passive? And I'm, I guess I'm asking this because like, I actually feel in hindsight, I probably moved active to passive a little bit too early before I had significant cash flow. Yeah. Um, but then again, like you hear stories of people who never do that because they had the same thought of like, oh, I'll do it when I have more money. So I don't know what the happy medium is or if there even is happy medium, that's a rule of thumb. How do you think about this? Yeah. So one thing I learned early on with the real estate game was if you want to go out and buy a single family house and rent it out for passive income, that is a very tough way to have quote unquote passive income. It's, it's really a low paying job because there's it's, you usually don't have anyone to manage it. You have to do it on your own. You have to find tenants. It's, it's just not a, a very appealing thing. And so a lot of times people need scale. And so there are two ways you can go about it. You can either actively invest your own money into your own deals. Um, but usually that's not for most people because most people don't have the expertise to do so. The Or the other way is to actively invest your money in other people's deals. So there are tons of guys and girls out there who do real estate investing a, 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 amongst several different niche industries in real estate. So you have industrial real estate, you have commercial real estate, you have multifamily real estate. And there are people out there that specialize in just those investments. And a lot of time people's best use of their cash would just be to park $50,000, $100,000 with, with, with a manager um, who, you, who you deem qualified and you deem reputable and allow their expertise to get you that passive income that you're looking for. So if someone has, I guess the question is, when should people switch from active to passive? Is there a certain point where you're like, okay, now is the time to switch? And maybe the summary of what you just said is, if you have enough to be able to buy into deals like like syndicate deals or yeah. maybe buy multifamily, then maybe go into passive. But if you can't, then save your money. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think it's a matter of do how active do you want to be. So there are tons of people who go out there and they may have a strategy around a single family house strategy. That's going to be a lot more work. I don't think that's a passive a passive form of income at all. But there are several ways to do it. But in my opinion, I think most people will be best served um, to get in some of those syndicate deals. Now you have to find a syndicator who you trust, who has a track record. Um, who's going to be prudent with your money. So that's kind of the the risky part there. But if you find that person, they should have a lot more expertise than you. And and I think it would be awesome for you to be able to put 50000 with them. And, and even after doing some of my own deals, I kind of found that I like doing deals with the syndicate better. So now I have a, a deal with the commercial real estate group out of Chicago that I do syndicate deals with because to be fair, they're better, they're more qualified to do it than I am. So I'll give up a little bit of my upside for their expertise. 
Um, but I, I certainly think if you have twenty five, fifty thousand dollars, you can get into some of these syndicate deals and start to really have passive income because you're not doing any work other than uh, doing the due diligence on the investment and the syndicator. I see. So what you're saying is the game is pretty much make a ton of money on active investments or active plays, business, what your job, anything that's active, and find a funnel to push that into passive plays. Passive plays can be a variety of different things. Many people think it's single family, but the reality is probably not. But that's kind of the game, and that's how people get really wealthy from what you've seen. Is that a good summary? Yes, that's a that's a great summary. So um, imagine, um, like one of the deals I'm doing now, uh, I think it was a fifty thousand dollar investment, and the 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 projected returns were basically two extra returns in twenty four months. It was a development deal in Chicago, mm-hmm. and. So that fifty thousand in two years turns into a hundred thousand. Um, so over two years, you made twenty five grand, right? That's that's certainly not a ton of money, and it's not enough for you to live on. But you can just imagine if you were able to, if you if you had high passive income, and you were to, able to do two of those fifty thousand dollar deals a year. Now in two years, you have a hundred thousand coming in. Now you invest that that hundred. The, or excuse me, you do two $50,000 deals, you have two $100,000 checks coming in 24 months. And then you may invest those $200,000 checks and you can kind of see how it can snowball pretty quickly if you get into good deals with the right syndicator. So the idea would be to always do it as you're earning active income. And the earlier you do it and the more aggressively you do it with the right syndicator and with the right deals, uh, that's a big caveat. The, the way more quickly could your income start to uh, snowball. Yeah. So um, Johnny and uh, Sergio, I have a question for you guys. Uh, you guys are kind of on the other end of it. As, as far as I understand, Johnny, from what you've been telling me, you guys don't do as much investment. You guys pretty much reinvest all the money back into active investments. Can you tell me your philosophy behind that? Yeah. So I don't really have a philosophy, to be quite honest. It's just stat cash. And so that's why I'm just kind of sitting back listening right now and, and getting the free game that Chris is putting out because uh, it is interesting to hear because I kind of like been in entrepreneurship the last five years and I know nothing about the investing game, right? And I've always kind of had the thought process of like, okay, well, I'm not making much money and I might as well just take the money I, I am making, put it back into the, the window cleaning business. Now that now that we're in a different vehicle and dividends start to get bigger and bigger, now that question starts to pop up of like, huh, where should I be putting this money? So I want to kind of take it and put it back on Chris and say, if you did, if you, if you're scaling a company, pulling out big dividends, what would you do to deploy that capital into some passive investments? Would it be the syndication? Would it be something else? Because I also don't want to take too much focus off of the business. Yeah, that or sense? index funds. Like, yeah, what would you do, Chris? Or even if with a syndicate, how do you even find the right syndicate? Yeah, so I think the the first answer to that would be, Johnny, it, it truly depends on what is your cash doing being reinvested back into the business. Because as you know, you've you've had different businesses some businesses could use all you could use every single dollar that you make and it'll grow the business. Some businesses 
you could put money back in and it doesn't necessarily yield you more money in the future. It kind of depends on what part of the cycle and what kind of business you have. But as far as a syndicator, to me, it's about finding someone that you trust. That's the biggest thing. Like you, you are trusting this person with your money. Um, you are also finding some kind of investment that you, I would say, are interested in. Like there's syndicators for everything. There's syndicators for, like I said, industrial buildings. There's syndicators for retail buildings. There's syndicators for uh, affordable housing, uh, class A apartment buildings, which are like the super nice ones with amenities. So you can find whatever thesis you believe in. And I, I would just try to find someone that you trust that could either be through a financial advisor, through a friend, um, and try to get to know the syndicator, find out what deals they've done, what deals they've completed, uh, what their track record was on those deals, what did they say their investors would make, what did their investors actually make. Uh, and then you can use that information to kind of narrow down, like, okay, I'll start doing some business with this syndicator or these two syndicators. It's really no different than finding a financial advisor or finding someone to cut your hair is, you know, obviously it's on a much bigger and more serious scale, but it's very similar. Like reach out for referrals, find out who, um, who other people have invested with that they like. Uh, and that's usually referrals are the, are the best way to find a good syndicator. And then you, you still have to do the diligence on your own. But uh, I would say you have to determine whether or not it's right to take the cash out of your business at the time. Sometimes it's not right. Sometimes you need to dump that cash back in to grow it. But there's always times you could take money off the table or there will be a time where you could take money off the table. And I think that would be a great time to try to get some passive income in there. Hmm. It One concept which you're mentioning loosely, which I've been thinking about a lot recently, is I think the person who is a great business operator and the person who's a great investor are actually two different people. I think many people try to be both at once, and it's rare. You can be a great business person and a great investor, but most people fall into these buckets. Either you're great at creating cash or you're great at investing cash. When you know which one you are, the goal is to move from one to the other. right? For example, if you're a great investor, but you have no cash because you don't know how to make cash, you probably should be finding other people's money, the people who are actually really good at making cash. Versus the other way, let's say you're really good at making cash. Johnny and Sergio, I'll put you guys in this bucket. You're really good at making cash. You probably should just focus all your efforts and your talents on that, but then still put money towards places where people who are really good investors could take it to a different level, which could be like as simple as index funds in my mind, right? Just sign up for a Vanguard fund, funnel some money in there just so you have passive income coming in. Uh, and that is what people, in my opinion, would benefit of focusing on. Versus, I think, let's say a mistake in hindsight I've made is I try to be both the investor as well as the generator of cash because I like them both. They're both fascinating to me. But you kind of pick one is, is kind of what I found with, with the amount of time you had. Is you should probably specialize in one. Yeah, no, I agree. And I kind of fall in the same bucket as Johnny. Like, I am so focused right now. I'm just scaling the company. I don't want to buy a single family home like Chris said and have to worry about a tenant, have to worry about filling it up. When when someone has a problem with their plumbing, I don't want to have to deal with that because then it takes focus away and I end up making less money with the main business because now I'm having to think about the investment, right? And so, yep. yeah, I feel like right now I'm in the mindset where I'm the operator and I don't want to have to think about that too much. 
Um, I like the idea of a syndicator, but at the same time, I'm not sure how liquid I want to be right now. Like, cause I, I think I want to be extremely liquid in case there's like a business opportunity that requires, you know, maybe like a $200,000 investment where like I can buy potentially another business down the line. But then again, it'd be nice to put into one of these syndicates. So I'm curious to hear Chris's opinion on like, how liquid can you be on these? Or is there any like syndicates where there's cash flow on a monthly basis? Or is it always a long term play where it's like two years, five years, 10 years? Yeah, I would say that it it greatly varies. So there are some syndicates that will do monthly distributions. There are some that will do quarterly. There are some that will do annual. And then there's some that will just pay you once the syndication is closed. So if the idea is to develop it a building and then sell the building, you'll put your money in, they'll do construction, they'll lease it out. Uh, and then once they're ready to sell it, then you'll get paid back. So that could be three years, four years, five years. That all depends. So the idea, I mean, the, those are all very personal decisions on, okay, I want to have some cash set aside for, you know, I want to have some some cash set aside for buying another business or I want to have some cash set aside for buying a house. Any of those things are very personal decisions, but I think you always need to think if you are only focusing on your active income, then either you're going to have to make enough so that one day you could just say, I'm not doing anything anymore and I have enough cash forever, which is Maybe true, but probably not a great plan. Or you have to say, let me stock some away and let it grow for me um, while I don't do anything. And and the syndicator option is just a way, like Sergio, you were saying, you don't have to go out and buy a house. All you have to do is read the documents that a syndicator sends you and deem it a worthy investment or not for you. And then your work is done. So the, it's a very appealing to a lot of people. I think a lot of people should should definitely go that route. And even I've gone that route after buying apartment buildings because I'm like, these people have better expertise and I think my time is best spent uh, doing other things. So I still have my apartment buildings because they're good investments, but uh, I'm I'm in the syndication passive game now too. Hmm. So Chris, you don't think you're going to go more into multifamily at the moment. Is that right? Well, right now the deals kind of suck to be fair. Like they're I would have to be, I would have to spend a lot more time looking for deals because there's so much money in the market um, now that I don't find the same cash flow yields that I used to find when I was more active. But there are people who are just dedicated to finding, there are syndicators who are out there every day, cold calling, finding deals, and they're obviously going to find the stuff I can't find. So I've been using them. So I wouldn't say that I'll never buy again because I do like having my own apartment business. That's great. But um, the syndicator thing has been great as well. I've done a few with with a different with a few different groups. And it's nice when you find someone who knows what they're doing and you just get an update every month of or every quarter of what's been going on. And that's kind of your involvement with it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Chris, thanks so much for hopping on, man. Uh, I think tons of value bonds. And quick summary over here. A lot of what I've learned is just moving active to passive, realizing which one you are. And honestly, the power of syndication. Once you realize that you do want to just hedge bets 
find someone you trust. And that could be as simple as like a Vanguard advisor or actually someone who's in the real estate game who could do the investing for you. But um, pick one side. If you want to be active, be active, but at least store some in passive and have that dollar per hour be much, much higher. So yeah, thanks so much, Chris, for hopping on today. Yeah, no problem, Neil. Anytime, man. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch you next week on another episode of the Remote Local Podcast. Thanks again for listening, guys. There are two ways I could help you out. Number one is with Made This Franchise. If you want to get into business but don't want to go at it alone, we have you covered with everything from A to Z. Check out madethisfranchise.com to start your own remote local business. The next is with the Remote Local Blueprint, which is a course I launched to teach you the foundations of starting your own remote local business in any niche. It's do-it-yourself at your own pace, and you can check that out at blueprint.beremotelocal.com.